Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. Today we are talking about sober motivation, how to get it and how to keep it going. You may know my guest. It's Brad McLeod. He's the creator of Sober Motivation, the huge Instagram community, and also the host of the Sober Motivation podcast, where guests share their sobriety stories, in hopes to inspire others about what is possible. In 2022, the Sober Motivation Network reached over 120 million individuals. That's crazy, Brad. Welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. That's a huge reach. What do you think brings so many people to your work? Well, I mean, a big part of it is the stories that are submitted. People really enjoy hearing the stories and People really enjoy sharing their stories about how they you know, found a different way to live and from, you know, for everybody I've heard, a better way to live. I've yet to hear somebody disappointed with the, themselves for the decision to give up drinking. So, Yeah, I love your Instagram page. And one of the things that 
I love seeing the most and they really motivated me in the beginning was those before and afters. So people holding up the signs when they hit one year sober or six months and just talking about how their lives are different. Yeah, for sure. To see the change and what people are able to accomplish. And there's this big thing about in recovery and sobriety and alcohol free that opportunities really start to come our way that we never expected. And it's not necessarily that we have to do anything massively different. It's really removing that one thing opens up the door for things to really change. And that's what's incredible hearing people's stories that come from all walks of life and all kinds of backgrounds, be able to start working on their goals and achieving things that they're so surprised of and grateful for every day. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to see not only do people look so physically different sometimes when they stop drinking, but also how they just, I found it too, like new interests come up, new habits start to appear that you had no idea that you might explore. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. And that was the whole, the whole way that the sober motivation came about. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. So I, I was working as a counselor, um, as a case manager at a treatment center here in Canada after I got things uh, you know, figured out on my end, I had this goal of going back to school and you know, hopefully using my experience and journey to you know, make a difference in other people's lives. And I was naive. I was younger and I was naive in a sense that my experience would do that. I mean, there is some element to where that is helpful, but I worked with teen, I worked with teenagers for the most part in the beginning. So, I mean, Teenagers know everything. So telling, you know, telling them something it was tough. So I, then I, I quit that job. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child and she was off work. She was going to be out. No, she was already off work. I think she took an extra month before um, she had her first child. And I went to work and I had this crippling anxiety that was affecting me physically. And I had been feeling this here and there for this job uh, for a while. So I went into work on a Sunday. And I typed up a resignation letter and I put it in my boss's box. And it was really weird because I didn't know what else I was going to do. We had the kid, the mortgage, the, yeah, the car payments, the bills. Yeah, it was uh, it was scary. But at that point, you know, when I reflect back, it was scary to do that. But it was for some reason that day, it was scarier to stay the same. It was just scarier to just kind of it almost brought me back to the quitting everything else is it was really scary to walk away from it. But like, it was really scary to stay in the same place. And then I saw, you know, when I got sober, I had that that window of clarity, that moment of opportunity to where maybe the, the for once the, the scales tip. So I had this vision of, I want to like, I want to help people and work with people and try to make a difference. Cause I really had a lot of passion for uh, people getting sober and people improving their life. And I seen what it could do in my life and others. And I was like, this is just, we got to get to the internet with this stuff. We got to get to Facebook. So I created this Facebook group called recovery for the beginner. And we had like 10,000 new members in the first couple of months. And I was like, maybe there's something here, right? But there's no like having a Facebook group. There's no income. There's just a lot of maintenance um, and things evolved. And I was sharing my story online and Instagram and stuff for a couple of years. And I had a few different ventures. A lot didn't. A lot of things didn't work out. But I got tired of hearing my own story and sharing my own story for years. Right? Like, what else can you? What else can you uncover um, that might interest people? That's when I had this idea of 
sharing other people's stories. I said, well, what if we share other people's stories and give them a, a place to maybe that otherwise they might not be able to really get to share it and feel like people hear it and appreciate it. And it's helpful. You know, people love to share their stories for themselves, but also to help other people see that they can get through it. So my, I started as a kind of sober motivation. My first follower was my wife. And um, here we go. We're off into the world to try to collect these inspiring stories. And I was so looking was- at it just today, 182,000 followers. So clearly there are a lot of people out there who need that inspiration or love seeing it to keep going. Yeah. And that's the thing too. And on Facebook, there's over 700,000 people. The page is called different. It's, somebody has the, they had the sober motivation tag. So it's called sober. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of came up with that and stuck and people are like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So I was like, all right, well, I guess that where we're going to go with it. But yeah, that's kind of like the backstory about how things started. And then last year I had seen everybody do podcasts, you doing podcasts and a lot of other people did podcasts. And I said, you know, how can we maybe do this differently? So I had this vision for this podcast, you know, maybe where some people start, well, we're going to get celebrities on here and, you know, share those stories. And we have, I, I have had a lot of people I've been, you know, privileged to have a lot of people on there that, that might be that, but, you know, now it's transformed after a hundred episodes in the first year, it's really transformed into, you know, everybody sharing their story. People yeah. who might otherwise not get an opportunity to share their story. And my goodness, it's I've fallen in love with that aspect of things. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. And I've seen this just over the years as well, you know, from celebrities to just regular people to my story, regardless like of what our circumstances are, a lot of the emotions and the fears and the process of giving up alcohol or drugs are very similar. Yeah, I would say they're exactly, I would say it's right. It's pretty, pretty doggone close. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So who have you had on your podcast? That I would that are celebrities. I'm just curious. Yeah, I would say I, I don't know if favorites the word that I can use, but I would say one really interesting person that I've been able to connect with is Brad Garrett. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody kind of oh, grew yeah. up with that. In in um, looking into his story, I didn't know anything about it before I jumped on the Zoom call at 8 p.m. Eastern time with him, and I was like, "Hey, like, nice to meet you on here like i really i just started my show at the time and i didn't expect him to say yes to it so i was in this little this little pickle here and i said i'm really nervous man and he's like yeah me too and i was like oh God. you know i just my shoulders just dropped at that point because i'm like yes we're we're on the same playing field here and um just really interesting story in how you know it's like how without the sobriety a lot of people share they would never be able to accomplish what they did and i never knew this about him but he's pretty much the voice of every disney character that we've ever seen um it's cool from, yeah like from ratatouille to everything when i looked it up i mean not actually every character but he's in a ton of these movies as a voice guy and it's just been good to build the connection with him sort of outside of the podcast and that's another part i really enjoy about it is because you hear these people's stories real raw and vulnerable stories about their journey and you can't help but connect with them in such a, a a bigger way than just sharing their pictures on Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that too. And you know what's interesting? I mean, I am a fan of when you're getting started, whatever motivates you to take a period of time away from alcohol. I mean, I don't care if it's you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, or you want to have your skin look better, or you want to, you know, stop forgetting what the shows you watched at night. Like it doesn't matter to me. Anything that motivates you is enough to get started. And then in my mind, as you get further away, you feel so much better. But one, I did a whole episode on sober celebrities. One of the reasons I like it is because they immediately reach so many people to be like, oh, I actually don't drink and that's okay. You know, and for me, you know, I'm Gen X. I kind of grew up with various people, but I remember when Drew Barrymore or Kelly Ripa or other people like that came out, Adele just now saying, or, um, you know, hey, I don't drink. And that to some people gives them some cover to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to try it as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of a lot of us look up to certain people, right? And maybe not aspire to be like them. Some people do for the rock stars and stuff, right? I don't yeah. be a rock star. And in that culture and stuff that it's really prevalent. But yeah, having somebody that we look up to share that story in that, you know, that they go through stuff. A lot of things that I've learned through talking with people Two that we might consider celebrities is that they go through, like you mentioned before, a lot of the same stuff and and they have a lot of, a lot of pitfalls maybe that us as, you know, sitting here doing this podcast might not have, right? The cameras are on for them yeah, all the time. And there's people following them around and they're watching and they're documenting um, their journeys and their stories of whether it be struggling with alcohol or even sobriety. And if things don't go as we as they might want it to, there's a lot more eyes that are watching than might be for, you know, for me, right? So that's a lot of added pressure. But they do go through all the same emotions. I mean, as humans, there's this set of emotions that we're gonna go through, and I think that's so important to pay attention to. That you know they can figure it out with all this stuff. And a lot of people have a lot of a, a scrappy journey to the top. You know, yeah. it's not always um, maybe the way we perceive it. It's it's really tough to get to that, you know, to that level, right? And and to maintain it, like it's it's even harder to to maintain it and to stay around. So I had Cheryl Burke on too, Dancing with the Stars. She did a ton of seasons there, and get a really cool story. Another really cool story um, is uh, Jake the Snake. People loved that episode, the from the wrestling episode. I was gonna um, say I don't know who he is. <laughs> oh my, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a wrestling fan ever really or definitely not when he was wrestling but he had the snake and this was a crazy show and it's just like the rise and the fall and then just you know really struggling with stuff too right you come you come from a background with not many many resources and then you all of a sudden are getting a ton of resources what do you do with it all right yeah yeah and i think it's interesting because it can work two ways one for a lot of people, it's super interesting. And the stories of the crash and the redemption and how much your life gets better can be incredibly inspiring. And it also can serve for some to be sort of a justification why they don't need to stop drinking to be like, 
well, I'm not that bad, or I haven't done that. And therefore, it's no big deal that, for example, I'm passing out on the couch, which was which was me, you know, a couple nights a week, my husband couldn't wake me up. Um, so I think what I like about what you do on your podcast is you share all the stories, right? The, you know, the big, epic, interesting ones, and just the sort of what I describe for myself as the sort of death of a thousand cuts where you sort of decide, all right, I love drinking, but I know it's dragging me down. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. Oh my gosh, can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep. It is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Yeah, that was so true. And I have my one good buddy. He's on, he's on Think You Can Dance in Holland. Name's Dan Carity. He just wrote a book. It's incredible. But he shares that story too. He was on top of the world. He used to do, he used to uh, go on tour with Britney Spears. He used to do with InSync. He used to do all of that stuff. And he was on top of the world. Everything in his life was good. The money was there. On the outside looking in, 
you would not have suspected the internal turmoil, the battle with with alcohol that was going on. So yeah, and then you you paint that you and everybody we can probably all relate to this in some part of our lives too, is that when people mention stuff, you're not able to add it up, right? Why would you say I have to quit this? Look at this list, this laundry list of everything I am doing well. Off my back, get off my back, get off my, you know, so that, but that type of thing uh, can definitely keep us stuck, right? If we don't sort of truly get honest, I think, with the impact it's having on our life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember even going to my therapist and, you know, I chose my therapist because I was worried about my drinking. And yet I go there and I'm like, I'm still killing it at work. I'm a great wife. I do all these things. I make sure I set the coffee, but you know, before I have my third glass of wine and the dishes are done. And I said to her, I'm only hurting myself, you know, with the idea that I'm taking care of everything else. And therefore this is not a big deal. And that was crazy because you do get really defensive and you have all these external reasons why, you know, nothing to see here. Yeah. And that's why I try I try my best to mention to people, try to give yourself 30 or 60 or 90 days. I know it's overwhelmingly daunting at sometimes, but give yourself a little bit because I don't know if you can truly see the impact that alcohol is having on our life when you're dancing with it, when you're right there, when you're fully engaged with it. Because you're disconnected from that that part of life and understanding. The clarity's not there. So I always suggest if you well, I mean, even deeper than that, if you're thinking you have a problem then, or you're thinking that things could be better, because it, maybe it's not identified as a problem at first, but if you're thinking that your life could be better in one way or another without it, then maybe jump into that because I've never had one single thought that I have a problem with gambling and gambling is a very real addiction that a lot of people struggle with and it will, it will ruin your entire life of yours, your families and everybody around you. Well, I've, and I'll get, scratch tickets here and there and bet on a gamble on sports here and there, but I've never thought about it. So I always say when I get incoming messages, like if you're thinking about this and you're following the sober page, I'm not one to diagnose or tell people what to do or how to do it or any of that stuff. But I say, maybe just take a look at 30 days or 60 days. And the most important part of that is not the duration of time, but it's how honest you're willing to be with yourself say, you know, I am checking all these boxes in life, but I still feel like something's missing. And it sounds like that's kind of what you described, right? You're moving and shaking. I mean, there's a lot of us out there who who move and shake and, and do really well in a lot of areas of our life, do really good and get everything done. But I, I did that when I reflect back to my journey and my story. I did all that stuff so that in my mind, my re- I could get my reward. I yeah. over I overachieved in every area so that when it came to it, I knew what I was doing wasn't serving me, but it was justified because I'm doing more than everybody else. And I, I probably did do a lot more than people around me, but I did it so that I could keep others off my back while I got my time, you know, my drinking. hundred percent. I mean, when you were saying that, I was nodding my head because so many of us who are sort of 
high achievers, we're overcompensating and doing all the things. So A, we have a reason to drink, right? Oh my God, look at everything I'm doing. Anyone with this schedule, with this responsibility would have, you know, in my world, a glass of wine slash bottle at the end of the day. But also when you wake up hungover, hey, there's nothing to see here. Everything is still going. You can't tell me that I'm not, you know, keeping all the balls in the air. And yet it is making it so much harder to cope with life. Yeah, 100%. And it, it always feels like the when's the other shoe going to drop? Like it always you you've got it together. But I always had that thought in the back of my head that like this eventually the bottom is going to fall out of this because and it's a resiliency too factor of when we we struggle like how do you go through waking up hungover every day, start your day off you know, sort of in a negative bank account every single day but we get up we make sense of it all by lunch and we're planning the next one. And it's, it really takes resilient people to go through that. And that's why I mentioned the people that are like, Hey, I want to, you know, get sober. I said, look, get sober, getting alcohol free is going to be hard, but my goodness, the life we're living now is hard too. It's yeah. not like it's an, it's an easy one to live. It's um, both are hard, but, but both we can do both. Yeah. And one gets easier, right? As you walk away from drinking, as you get further away from it, you realize how much harder it was making your life and that you can navigate with more ease. I love what you said when we're talking about sober motivation, about just looking at 30 days, 60 day, 90 day. And I think it is enough to get curious and excited and to treat it as an experiment. Like when you're starting out, that can be enough motivation to get started to say, I feel like alcohol is affecting my sleep. I feel like it's making me feel more overwhelmed, more anxious. I'm going to take a break and see whether I feel better without it. Like if that's your level of motivation, that's plenty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, start anywhere. You got to just get started. You have to get started. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? It's always yeah. interesting too when people reach out about getting sober. And, you know, my, my first thought is too is what is the person on the other side of the phone or wherever it is, computer, like what are you willing to do to change where you're at? Because we could rhyme off and list a bunch of things and probably come up with a list of a hundred things that we've seen work for people or people have shared that work or we know that work or that are from our own experience. But to dive even deeper is what is the, what are you as the other person, the individual who's curious about going alcohol free or, or getting sober, what are you willing to do differently than you're doing right now on, um, you brought up a really good one earlier therapy for people, you know, to kind of, to do something like that, or there's, uh, there's coaching opportunities out there, or there's, there's fellowship groups out there, or there's there's so many different things, but that's I think what it really comes down to is so what are you as the individual willing to to do for your life? You know, are you willing to to do some of these things? You know, because how to you know how to get sober? Well, as you ask ten different people, you might get ten different answers, and then you're just left confused. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I feel like it is different for every single person. Sort of the level of support that they need the level of 
help and accountability and sort of the guardrails they need. So like you said, we can suggest all the different things that work for people. But if you're trying to stop drinking and you get four or five days and your motivation fades, then at some point you have to add more, you, you know, like doing the exact same thing and getting the same result um, isn't working for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have to explore. I have to explore different areas and be willing to to try different things. But also, too, and you know, because some people might try one thing three years ago, and yeah. then they're they've come back around and say, "I want to give it another go." I always kind of think about when I first tried tomatoes. I hated tomatoes. Now I love them. Like it's just tomato, bacon, mayo, salt, pepper. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing ever. And sometimes you have to have a, a different mindset or different perspective going in to trying things differently. You know, I did, I used to do fellowship groups. Well, you know, after rehab, that was, you know, a big part of the program. And I would always be the guy at the back that never got involved, that just screwed it out right before the meeting ended. I was gone. I didn't want to risk anybody asking any questions, right? I showed up a little bit late, so I didn't have to hang out and pour a cup of coffee. And what I realized looking back is I just wasn't getting anything out of it because I just really wasn't putting myself out there. You know, I wasn't. And then when I was able to go back, you know, many moons later and really, you know, get involved and, you know, be part of something, then I started to see, you know, the benefits. So it's definitely, you know, check it out, what you feel comfortable with and what you're willing to, you know, get into, right? And just give it a go. I mean, at the end of the day, what do you got to lose? You know, that's a, the other way is what do you got to lose? A couple couple hangouts with a couple buddies that you're going to end up in the same place you've always been. You know, a lot of people share too, right? They Even before they gave up drinking, they went out for one last uh, one last party. And yeah. I always ask them, I always ask, I said, you know, was it all what you envisioned it to be? Was it any different than the last 100 times? And the answer has never been different, but the answer has always been no, it was exactly the same. And it's almost that thing, like carry that forward. You you feel like you're missing out on something. Okay, carry play the tape all the way through. You're gonna go to the next bash. You're gonna go to the next party. And, and is it gonna be any different? No. So, let's get started. Yeah, yeah. And you don't realize how much your life can transform and change when you stop doing the exact same thing every single day. Yeah. Well, so what motivated you in the beginning to get sober and what kept you motivated a year later, two years later, three years later? Yeah. Oh, incredible question. It's really strange about the whole sober motivation thing because I'm not a massively motivational type person. Um, and what I mean by that is I think it's Zig Ziglar that said motivation is like bathing or showering. It's required daily. Um. <laughs> And I think that that's where we miss the mark sometimes. And we also, I think, uh, I, I know I missed the mark before because I thought I had to be motivated to take action. What I realize now is that I have to take action to be motivated. I was waiting around. I was waiting around to be motivated. Like it was just going to, um, I don't know, jump out of the TV or something at me. And looking back now, what I see is that, you know, I've got to start moving um, if I have interest to get motivated. So that's really one thing. But what I mean, help me out in the beginning is that I mean to not to get dark and down and out here, but I was going to die. 
from mm-hmm. the way I was living. That was my life. I I had just um I I just been I was just in prison for a year. I got arrested. I got off a plane and the the whole nother story. But I had this understanding and realization that I just didn't want to live like that anymore. And I I connected the dots. Um, It was everybody else's fault up until that point. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, it was just me all alone. And people weren't really wanting to support the madness anymore financially or emotionally or everything. And I mean, my, my folks and everybody, incredible people and, up, but they kind of had enough and a lot of people had enough and i sort of had that that moment to reflect on um you know the my best thinking got me here um and it's probably not going to get me out of here i need to get a little bit of help and just stayed motivated i mean with time you start to see the benefits you start to see the opportunities flow in i never had any opportunities before and then i didn't even really change too much but the opportunity started to flow in and i was like wow you know is this really what happens when you do that like i have got to keep this this going and see what the heck you know a couple years brings um and how things play out and then i mean i got that job i worked that job as a counselor and case manager for six years so i mean i was immense every day day in and day out of um of recovery and then also keeping my own self on track and doing trainings and, you know, just really, uh, you know, staying close to connected to people that were on the journey, people that understood when I was struggling. And I'm, when, when I'm struggling today, it's the same thing, right. To reach out to other people and tell them what's going on. And they don't look at me sideways. They look at me and they nod their head and they say, yeah, I hear you, man. I, I'm, I've, yeah. I've been there. Or I, um, I hear you. And that's so helpful to get, um, to get connected with other people that understand what it's like. Yeah. And I have to say, that's one of the reasons that I think it's great, like your Instagram page and your podcast and this podcast, to stay reminded of why you're doing this, celebrating milestones. But also, you know, I talk to women every day who want to stop drinking. And there's a reason they want to stop drinking, right? You don't hire a sober coach if alcohol is working out really well for you and there's no downside. But it does take away the how romantic it's positioned in marketing and in our society that it has all these benefits of bringing you closer to your partner and making you more sophisticated and you know helping you cope with your kids when you talk to people on a regular basis who are struggling to get out of all the downsides, honestly. Um, so I think that like your Instagram page, Sober Motivation, seeing those before and after pictures, regardless of what their story was before, it's really motivating to see the positive changes. And I think one of the um, the benefits of sobriety that people don't talk about. And I don't know why we don't is like, basically you get a second birthday, you know, <laughs> like I celebrate my sober anniversary every single year. It is a thing. And just like my birthday, I take the day off. I buy myself like nice things. Maybe I get a massage. I post on Facebook. Everybody's wishing me well. So you're like doubling your birthday by just quitting drinking. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash someday. Yeah. Well, isn't that? Yeah. Cause birthdays are, are great. Right. So having two makes it even, even better. Yeah. I, I love that. And for sure. Yeah. People are contacting a coach of some sort. Yeah. It's things are probably not where they want them to be. And that's a you know great insight. Great. You know, first step. What do you say with all of your experience with working with people? I mean, where, what roadblocks are getting in the way of stringing things together? Yeah. Well, I feel like motivation and willpower will only get you so far. And then it goes to habit change. And you need to look at your physical and social environment and see how it's supporting you or sabotaging you in moving forward. And small shifts, I don't think you need to ditch your partner and your friends and your family if they're all big drinkers, but you do need to add new people to your life where the behavior you want, right? Getting sober, being healthier, feeling more proud of yourself, making this positive change is celebrated. So they know when you hit day seven and day 14 and 30 days, that might be longer than you've gone in five years. Whereas your friends who drink will be like, oh my God, are you done with that yet? So I think you're motivated. And then of course, there is a point where your motivation is going to ebb and flow. That's just anyone who's gone to the gym or tried to make another change knows what that's like. And then you need other things to hold you up. So, I mean, in terms of your environment, it's really hard to not drink if your alcohol of choice is right there on the counter. Like for me, it was red wine, right? You see it, it's there, it's its arm length. You're going to have a bad day where you're like, oh, screw it, I'm going to drink. And in that moment, it's sort of the more tangible shifts, getting the alcohol out of your house and adding people to your life who think sobriety is awesome. They're going to carry you through those moments that you know you don't quite feel like doing it till you get your motivation back. What about you? What do you think? Well, I think you listed everything there. You didn't give me you didn't give me any left to, to talk about. I mean, I do see the challenges, right? Because a lot of people you want to hang on to that thought of things are going to get better on their own or you're going to be able to figure it out or you're going to have this this perfect moderation type thing, right? So that's hard to work through and family members and 
partners and yeah, there's so many moving parts, but I think breaking it down into something that's manageable that you want to work on. You know, what I always say too, I know that people's partners and their family and stuff drink and everybody's their own level of comfort coming into this thing about how much they want to share. But if you're one of those people who really want to share about this, I think if you're really actually honest with the people around you about how alcohol has affected your life, you know, because you hear a lot of the stories, right? Of the sadness of, of everything that gets damaged, the internal thing, right? We don't show it on the outside. Everything's yeah. gravy. Everything's good. So people don't necessarily have that idea. But if you share with people about truly the effects of alcohol and it's literally just destroying your life and, and have, leaving you feeling so hopeless and that you just want to quit so bad, but you can't quit. Maybe things would change a little bit for people and it's not that they're going to like get sober and stuff, but maybe they'll appreciate the effort you're putting in into things, you know, to have those really hard conversations, to be really vulnerable, but also opening yourself up to that. This might not always play out um, according to plan, but that you might get some support from some unexpected areas, you know, because it's really hard in the beginning. A lot of people, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's not at all anything wrong with wanting it to, to to be a secret, the journey you're going on. But for me, I had to put it out there because I was tired of it being a secret. I was tired wow. of having a way out. I was tired of a, I left the door cracked, you know, yeah, so I could, that's when things it. Got, yeah. When things got hard, I was out the door and I didn't have that accountability. I was scared of it. Right. Because I never, I didn't want people to necessarily tell me what to do or how to live. I knew best. So, but when I got to a spot where I said, you know, enough is enough because this is the reality. If I'm going to change my life, I tried it on my own. I tried to just will it through. I tried to hang on for dear life. As you see Arnold Schwarzenegger flying on the helicopter on the bottom of it, you know, through every action movie, I tried that type stuff. And I always ended up just talking myself into another one. Uh, yeah, you know, I always ended up there. What I had to do is I had to just really put it out there that, hey, this is how this stuff is affecting my life. I can't continue to live like this. I don't want to continue to live like this. And um, yeah, can you help me out? And a lot of people were, hey, Brad, we tried to help you out for years. You don't listen. I see yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different this time, though. You know, I'm going to put forth the effort, um, but I put myself out there. And and I just found that so helpful because for once I was able to just close that door and um and reach out to people. And when I was struggling, whether they struggled, I had a lot of good people in my life that they were just I mean, when it came to drinking, they take it or leave it, you know, a lot of people are like that, right? I didn't see that at the time, but there's like a lot of people out there who when you step back a bit, like they go to hockey games, they don't drink, they go to bars with other people after work and they don't drink. And I didn't recognize those people, but that was so helpful for me was to say, you know, to like truly make that conscious decision to understand things would never change. It didn't matter where I lived, what girlfriend I had, what friends I had, what job I had what kind of car I was driving or whether or not I even had a car. None of that mattered. But once I took that first drink, I just wasn't interested in stopping. So, but I know it's hard. I know, I know it's tough to talk with no, people. And I mean, it's people. so brave to do that. And one thing that completely resonated 
with me with what you said was like leaving that door open. I definitely, when I was unsuccessful, told like certain people I wasn't drinking, but maybe I wouldn't tell my business colleagues so that when I went on a business trip, I could drink and they wouldn't say anything about it. Or like, maybe I won't tell this one group of friends. And that's that in the back of your mind, just like, well, if I want to drink just in case, I'm not going to tell these people. And so in terms of like this episode about sober motivation, how to get it and how to keep it, I think the secret is that you actually need a combination of motivation and accountability, right? It Your motivation won't carry you through always because it always ebbs and flows. And in those moments, the more people that you tell that you're not drinking or why you're not drinking or that this is important to you, the easier it will be to keep going even when you're not. I mean, I didn't tell everyone this, but I truly felt doomed when I was drinking. I was like, I'm going to screw up my life and my marriage and my kids and my health, and it's going to be my fault. And nobody on the outside knew that I felt that way. And, you know, you tell who you're comfortable telling. I always think of like, there are these like code words that I kind of put out there. And then if people sort of bite, then I tell them more. But for me, it's like, oh, I found that I have less anxiety when I drink, when I don't drink. And then people will be like, oh, I have to take breaks too. I have to watch it. You know, I also feel anxious. That's that, you know, you're putting it out there and then seeing if people resonate with that or understand what that's like. Yeah, no, that's that's a very important piece is the right people, right? And, and a part of it too for me was ruining that that fantasy of ruining that idea that it was going to work out. And I had this one, I had this one guy who really helped me out with that. Back in the day, I used to go to the celebrate recovery meeting, and I uh-huh. went. There were three three hour meetings, and I went with um, I went. There was like five guys there, and I couldn't, I couldn't quit using drugs even during this meeting in this church and i just felt the shame and the guilt and everything big disappointment what you know what are you doing with your life and i had this fellow there we'll call him john just for um context here and john it was a nice guy put together businessman i mean successful i was young like 21 and he knew exactly where i was at he knew like and um he didn't come down on me or anything like that but he had invited me over to his house and i was like this is weird i'm like in a really bad spot in life and this guy's invited me i go to his house i mean it's everything i could have imagined my life one day being right having dinner with his family and stuff and i was like that is the it was a really weird thing but i don't even know why i said yes but i did what happened there is that from that point on, it it really started to chip away and ruin the uh, addiction for me because mm-hmm. I seen what my life could look like because he shared a story with me, obviously, and everything was, you know, complete uh, disaster. And then it was it was sort of that in that set in that, that meeting there when I processed it later, it just ruined the, the, the fantasy and the romanticizing about how what I what I thought I was doing. Um, so it was really interesting. It was another part of like maybe stepping towards like closing that door and 
but yeah, you're hundred percent right on the whole thing about I me mean, relying on motivation alone. You're not going to get where you want to go. That's a bad idea. Really bad idea. Even if you shower daily, I mean, sometimes you might have to uh, shower twice if you're, you know, working in the yard in the sun or something, you know, you might have to, that's how consistently you have to do it. And then, yeah. and then sharing it with other people and getting connected with the community is uh, is where you're going to gain motivation too because you mentioned even further back there about hearing people's stories remembering where you came from it's always important to never lose sight of what it was like for you because i mean within a couple of days we we seem to um forget, forget. amnesia we forget how oh yeah we can rationalize anything right and also for me i mean i was one of those girls who like blacked out grayed out a lot so I'm always like, oh, it was so much fun. To be fair, I don't remember a decent amount of it, right? I just, and so you have this own perception because you're in this bubble of what it looked like and what it seemed like. And it's hard to see that clearly. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Well, you're doing incredible work out there now. Look, you turning everything you've been through into helping other people um, is incredible. Well, you are too. And I think it's really fun. I mean, I have to say, I love talking to other people who are sober because they have the best stories and they've done some work and they've come out the other side and, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I love it. We connect on that level, right? We, you nod your head. You, when you hear other people talk, it's like things might have looked a little bit different, but you can relate to how it, how it feels in the end, you know, how yeah. it, you can kind of see through it. You kind of see through like some of this stuff and, and to know that hopeless feeling. I don't know if there's anything worse than wanting nothing more to stop, but feeling unable to, or not being able to, you know, and committing to ourselves tomorrow will be different. The next day will be different. Next day will be and, and then you look back and it's like, man, there goes five, six years. And it was the same. Yeah. I know it just kind of keeps you stuck. That's the other thing. I think Claire Pooley, she wrote the Sober Diaries. I had her on my show. And one of the things she said that really stuck with me is she said it. it's not so much the things I did when I was drinking that I regret because she, you know, had three young kids. She was, you know, sort of keeping everything together on the outside. But she said it was all those you know, nights and weekends and years slipping through her fingers, all the times you were just barely getting through the day and not moving forward in your life, like Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's it. But I mean, and then that's what when you when you give it up, like, you get back so much time. I mean, that's a that's an indicator right there in itself. Like, oh, I don't all of a sudden have like, I call it like another day, like another 12 hours, because the time we spend in the evening, we use, we might need less time sleeping, or maybe we get a full eight hours now. But the time that we spend recovering in the morning, I mean, four, four and four, maybe eight hours, you know, you get back into your life, which can be, yeah, I mean, that's a challenge in itself. Right now we have all this time and we're bored and we're uncomfortable. But what an incredible opportunity in life to go after something that's really important. That's why see a lot of people in recovery they're they're doing great things writing books i mean come on who 
some of them are writers, but a lot of them are, they're learning as they go and they're writing books and they're getting engaged with hobbies and they're building relationships or meeting new people. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, what, what, what incredible, all from one decision. There's, I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything, any other single decision I could make in my life today that would change my life as much as that one did. Yeah. And that's so interesting you said that because we're always like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I just need one more day on the weekend. I just need some time for myself. And you don't realize how much time you're giving away to like drinking and hangovers. You know, you do get back. I was giving away like three, four hours every single night sort of in this haze, just sitting around drinking wine, watching TV, going through the motions. And, you know, I realized I'm a morning person. I don't get that much done at night, but my God, it's, you know, I get up at 5.15, 5.30. I get so much more done in the morning. Things I, you know, I was barely rolling out of bed, opening my eyes, being like, oh my God, how bad is my day going to be today when I was drinking? Yeah, no, that's so true. And I, I obviously still have people in my life that drink and, you know, it's not up for me to say how much or how little they're drinking. But uh, but the comment of, yeah, there's just not enough time is yeah. so, it's so frequent. And I mean, I'll throw out the the idea there. But, you know, you we convince ourselves that as long as we're multitasking, as long as we're busy, you know, it's a lot of the same themes we talked about. As long as I'm going, it's okay on Sunday to really get into it. As long as I'm raking the leaves and cutting the grass, like it's okay to pop a top. It's yeah. okay to get into it. And then we you know, our routines and everything, our identity just becomes tied in. And that's another, you know, another thing throughout the journey that we've got to work on, you know, recreating or rebuilding or or maybe going back to how things were. You know, if anybody's struggling with the idea of giving up drinking, it's I always go back to my life of before I had my first drinks. I never thought I never thought of drinking. Uh, you know, when I was 10, 12, 13, I didn't start drinking until after high school, but I never thought of it. And and I don't know if we'll, if we exactly get back to that place, there's thoughts of it. And now we're older too, so it's everywhere, but you can get pretty doggone close to where it becomes so I- insignificant in your life. And it first seems so significant. I mean, it's, uh, it was the center of the solar system for, for me anyway, it, everything revolved around it. But that's um, a thing that does happen. It 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 fades away. It's power um, in in your interest in it. You know, and maybe you can relate to that too. It just doesn't. It doesn't have the effect anymore. You know what's so funny is some people are like, "Oh my god, I can't imagine." You know, thirty days not drinking, two months not drinking, and when you were saying that, I was remembering when I was sixteen. I went, I didn't drink either. I went on a backpacking trip through the Pacific Northwest where I live right now with like 30 other kids for six weeks. And it was incredible. No alcohol involved. Like we were having these deep conversations and seeing these incredible places and having crushes and cooking dinners and reading books and writing in journals, like all these emotional highs and lows and tender moments and just vivid color and none of it had to do with alcohol hi there 
If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I wanna invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, The Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one day at a time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it gets back there. It gets back. You start to see it for what it is. You know, and there's a ton more stuff coming to the surface now and that was never really there before to find research on the, the damaging effects of alcohol or trying to understand everything. Yeah. It was uh, it was really bogged down. It was really bogged down for stuff. So it's really good. I think it's helping people to make healthier decisions. I'm loving this, that people are making decisions, you know, based on health and maybe not being a problem. And I always throw in the word yet. A lot of people alive and they don't have a, a DUI. I don't have this. And, you know, that's not going to be a part of everybody's story. But I mean, if you look, if you really get honest, if I really get honest with it, things were progressing. They weren't, they weren't going the other way. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. In, mo- in a lot of people's stories too, I, you know, you listen to it and it's that consistent progression. It's kind of like 1% better every day, but 1% of, you know, alcohol consuming more and more of our thoughts in our life. Um, every day, the longer we stay in the game, then it can happen. And when I talk with people too, I say, do you know when the shift took place? Cause a lot of us, I don't know my story too. What it was good. I had a good dog on time for a bit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a, a disaster right away. And I asked people, like, can you identify when the shift took place from when it was just like the college hangout fun? And then your, you know, your job and graduate school. And most people can't. And what's scary about that is you never know when it's going to happen, when you're going to go from, you know, just the regular Joe drinker to, I don't, I don't want to put labels on anything, to, but it, it having more of an impact on your life. In, yeah, to a I know. Where, I always say, like, I started with a glass of wine and then it became the bottle 
one, I mean, I completely agree. It is addictive. And the more you consume, you're going to consume more and it doesn't get better. So one of the things that motivated me when I, when I stopped drinking, my son was eight and I was, unless I was white knuckling it and trying to take a break and trying and failing, I was drinking a bottle of wine, sometimes more seven nights a week. And you know, quote unquote, falling asleep on the couch, aka passing out and not remembering the end of shows. And I projected that out by a decade, thinking if this is what I'm like when he's eight, when he's 18, when he's a senior in high school, is he going to want to bring his friends home to hang out at our house if I continue drinking the way I'm drinking now, knowing it doesn't get better? And that was a big motivator for me to say, what kind of relationship do I want to have with him? You know, and now he's 15 and, you know, I miss that cuddly little eight-year-old, but I know he's proud of me and I'm proud of the way I interact with him every day. Yeah, but that's incredible. Yeah, and that, that looking, yeah, playing that tape even farther forward can definitely help us, you know, because that's going to, Sometimes it seems so far away, right? I imagine 10 years, like, yeah, so far away, but life moves fast and it doesn't stop or pause for anything or anyone, you know, to to have that vision. Yeah. I think that, that, I think that's a very helpful tool for people to put into perspective, you know, I mean, if you're in the spectrum too, of how everything, right. To where we're falling into it. Right. Because when I got into, to this, there was a alcoholic being an alcoholic. Oh, you need to get better. And even sometimes people now, right? They're like, "Oh, you quit drink. Oh, you're an al- oh alcoholic." I don't really identify with that terminology, but we had this perception of somebody who struggled with addiction, right? Drinking and wake up in the morning. We see it in the movies, right? I never knew any. I've never really personally known anybody in my life, but we see it from the movies. The person struggling with alcohol, they wake up, they slam a you know a drink. You know, I think a lot of people too, and me included. We struggle that if we don't fit into that exact mold, nothing's up, you know? So I think it's it's so incredible that people are asking questions and they're really identifying, you know, what is this stuff? What is it all about? What does it do to my brain, body, mind, my spirit, yeah. you know? What is it doing to me? And uh, asking that million-dollar question to ourselves, would my life be better without it? And yeah. not the question of, am I an alcoholic? Because I can talk, I, even today, I could talk myself out of, you know, anything. No problem. Oh, me too. Enough. Yeah, I don't identify with that uh, term label either, but I could debate it. To Yes, no, maybe. Does it matter? And I think that one thing to remember in this is your motivation can be different at different moments. So one day it might be, I want to be able to get up in the morning and go for a run. Another day it might be, oh my God, I'm on day 30 and I do not want to have another day one. A different day, it could be, I've made all these awesome connections with people who don't drink and I don't want to lose that by drinking and feeling like I need to slip away from it. I sometimes think that all the motivation I have is promising myself that I would not drink once I got that sober momentum on a fuck it moment. You know, I would just be like, all right, if 
I am not going to just say screw it without thinking it through really, really carefully because I've worked too hard for this. And a lot of times that's enough when I was sort of in my first year to get me to the next moment. That and accountability, having told people that I wasn't doing this, that I felt better. Even my son, I told him I was taking a hundred day break from drinking at eight years old. They can keep you pretty accountable, you know? That's the truth. That is so true. Yeah. Those you noted everything. Yeah. Oh, it's so surprising. I have three, six, a six-year-old, a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. Oh my um, God. You are in the thick of it. Yeah. And nothing gets by them. Absolutely nothing gets by the six-year-old. I mean, the 18-month-old, not much, but the six-year-old influences three-year-old. So if nothing, if the three, if the six-year-old picks up on something, you can Rest assured, the three-year-old will be uh, repeating it shortly. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's busy. But yeah, that that's it. that's so important is that things will change where you're at. Your motivation to keep going will have to be adjusted to where you're at. But yeah, a good night's sleep is can do miracles. When you yeah. hit that tough spot, nothing's going right. My goodness, I, I still have those days. I mean, absolutely nothing is going right in life and business and relationship with the kids. I mean, I've fallen short, you know, you try to be for a father anyway. And then moms too, I'm sure you, you know, you try to do right and you try to be this example and, and it doesn't always pan out that way. And then you kind of feel like, man, you know, kids go to bed. I could have done something different and you try better next time. But yeah, I have those moments too. And it doesn't go for me. It doesn't go to drinking, but it does go to those behaviors. Sometimes those behaviors of wanting to escape and just wanting to, get it over with, but it's always just a good night's sleep sometimes is um, yeah. what I need and wake up the next day, process things, talk about it, connect with others, not feel alone on the journey of whether it being a father, whether it being sober or whether it being a business owner or whether you know, <laughs> the list goes on and on. But the, the thing is, it's not for my life today. It's just non-negotiable. I just don't drink. I don't do drugs and everything else in between. I'll find a way to to figure it out. And when I made that commitment, um, that was the thing because me personally, I'm not just a dabble in here or there type guy with anything really. Everything for me has to be balanced and watched. But I'll burn this entire thing down in a very short order. No problem. I don't need any help. And I just keep that. I think we talked about it too, about just keeping that in mind of what things were like, not to live there, not to feel shame or feel anything else about it other than just to not get tricked. Yeah. I mean, just doing this one thing can completely and totally change the trajectory of your life. You talked about the 1% improvement, and then there's also the 1% decline every single day that you continue drinking, which compounds over time and it can lead you to a very different place. Like the trajectory of your life gets darker the longer you go in one direction or another. If it's just in terms of health and relationships and what you're able to accomplish and your overall happiness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'll steal your joy. Alcohol will steal your joy. And sometimes before we even know it, you know, I, I put up this, this, um, meme one time that we're, we just sacrifice a lot you know for that thing and um i did a lot of it for years without even realizing it 
I had no idea. I, I mean, if you would have, people might have mentioned it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp the the concept that I was sacrificing, literally for me, the opportunity to even have a life. You know, I didn't have yeah. much of. It was an existence, of course, um, but there would the joy was gone a um, long time ago. The joy was probably gone from the time where I said before things got too heavy, where I said, well, I'm just going to quit. And then I woke up the next day and I realized that I couldn't quit, that I couldn't quit. And um, I think the joy was gone because then I was, it was, you know, trying to get back to what the feeling I once had, you know, the one, once I did kind of maybe enjoy things and I couldn't, uh, couldn't find it again. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, so on your sober motivation page, what are your favorite kind of posts? Do you have any that you, is it the before and after people celebrating their sober bursaries quote? I mean, there's so much good stuff there. Yeah. I mean, I think that the sharing people's stories. Yeah. I love that part because the, the whole thing with what it's kind of come into is the part I enjoy, I guess, most about it is because most people don't have people to hear them. You know, they might be the only sober person in their little small town, or they might be the only sober person in their circle, and maybe they don't have anybody to celebrate them. So we can put it out there, and then we can have all these people lift them up, let them know that they're we're proud of their journey they're on, we're proud of them for sharing their journey, and it's like a, I guess it's like the unsung hero, you know, the the anonymous person who gets to share that, that can share their story and put it out there and, and get people, you know, hyped up, but that, so, I mean, it's sort of three parts. It helps me for sure. It helps the person sharing. And it also helps the other person on the other end who might be struggling or just need a little bit, a little bit of motivation to get another day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at one of your posts from not that long ago, a woman saying she's three years sober over a thousand dates. It has like 40,000 likes and 1300 comments. I mean, in terms of getting that kind of celebration, that's amazing from people who get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we have your story on there? <laughs> I don't know. I have pictures of my before and after. I'll have to look up. I mean, I hit eight years in February. So maybe I'll post something then. Do I just send it to you? How does that work? Just yeah, just send it. Yeah. All just right. Send it to the, yeah, I would love to post it up there for you and celebrate your birthday with you. I totally will because you get an extra birthday, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The good stuff. I'd love to do that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved talking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Keep up the great work. Incredible show that you have on here. I mean, it was one of the many shows that inspired me that like maybe... I could figure it out. You know, maybe it's hard to keep up with everybody's doing incredible work. So I feel like this imposter over here, you know, am I the right oh, guy? Oh, dude, for the I job? feel that way too every day. So, you know, Good well, stuff. I, well, I don't know anyone who isn't like, who am I to do this? Yeah, but no, you're definitely in the right place. I mean, I can feel the energy and, and just everything from you and what you do. So, yeah, keep it rocking. And I'm, uh, you know, so grateful to have an opportunity to, you know, hopefully may maybe share something that can help somebody at the end of the day. If it doesn't help anybody, it helped me. Oh, a hundred percent. You're helping people for sure. And anyone who's listening to this, definitely go check out Sober Motivation. Where's the best place to find you? 
Well, I mean, people can check out on Instagram or they can listen to the podcast if they want to hear some stories from kind of start to where people are at now. And yeah, we could start there. That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more.